Blessed be the name of the Lord. My goodness, if you woke up this morning, you woke up in the greatest state in the Union, Texas, and we woke up in the year 2043, looking up because our redemption draw is nigh. We're ready for God to come back. We're ready for Him to take His house, His people, His church, His bride back home. And let me tell you something else. We're praying for rain, but we're asking for God's Spirit to fill this sanctuary and to fall like rain in each and every heart. Would you say amen with me this morning? Good morning, and welcome to the Robertson Avenue Baptist Church. This is the day the Lord has made. We should rejoice and be glad in it. And once again, when you woke up this morning, it was still 110 degrees. Some of you are like, it's September. When does summer end? You know, my son just came back from the Navy, and he said, Dad, I've been out of Texas for five years, and I forgot how doggone hot it is here. I was like, don't worry, you'll get Texified soon, son. It's just got you in the oven baking right now. Don't worry, the buzzer will go off soon. And, of course, it'll happen one of you Friday night. You'll be at that local cold bulldog game. That cold wind will blow. And it won't get warm again until April. Right? And that's the way it goes. That's just the way it goes here in Texas. All right. It's so good to see each and every one of you for visiting with us this morning. We want to welcome you. Ask you to fill out the little visitor card. You'll find in front of you. Place an offering plate as it comes around so we can have a record of your visit. We greatly appreciate that. If you're joining us online this morning, we want to welcome you as well and ask you to consider being right here in the sanctuary and experience what God is doing in Robertson Avenue Baptist Church. Come and be a part of that. Speaking of what's happening in Robertson Avenue, I do have some announcements I want to share with you. Number one, uh, today at 4 o'clock, ministry team meeting. So if you're on that ministry team, please plan to be there at 4 o'clock today in the office building. 4.30, choir practice, cantata practice in the choir room. So if you're in the cantata, you need to be there for that as well. 6 o'clock, we'll have our evening worship right here in the sanctuary. And let me tell you, you don't want to miss that sermon. Uh, Monday night, brand new class starting, Way of the Master, how to share your faith effectively and how to share your faith confidently with anybody, anywhere, anytime. And so if you're interested in that, it's not too late to sign up. You've got to do it now. You can do that at rabcco.org. Go to the announcement section and click Way of the Master right there and jump right in there. But you got to do it now. So that starts tomorrow at 6 o'clock. So hope to see you there. We've already got a very good crowd. And so interested in having some more in that. We're going to go out on a field trip one of these weeks and we're going to do some personal witnessing and evangelizing while out there. So I know I just scared some of you off. All right. So anyways, there's some neat things that are happening there. Don't forget Tuesday, our ladies' Bible study at 9.30 and at 6.30. Don't forget Wednesday, intercessory prayer right here in the sanctuary at 11.30. Don't forget Wednesday night Bible study at 6.30. And don't forget Thursday, the men's Bible study. Now, this Saturday coming up, we'll have our men's prayer breakfast at 7 a.m. And don't forget, if you're on the security team, you can be there at 8.30 for the security team briefing. And at 10.30, we'll have our administrative team meeting. Other than that, I want to remind you that the Robert Cadbury women are still hosting their Rata Cutlery sales for Operation Christmas Child uh, shipping. So you can still be a part of that. If you need some more details, you can get the sister DJ. She'll be able to fill you in better than I ever could on that. But that sale does end October 8th. I uh, also want to draw your attention to the church library. It's been busy here lately. So if you're interested in that, there's books, there's movies, there's CDs, there's tapes inside there for you to check out and be a part of and bring home and watch and bring back. It's a lot of fun in it. There's also Book of the Month. There's also uh, games and puzzles that the library puts out, including Christian Wordle. So please get to be a part of that. I believe there's prizes as well in that. So get involved in that. All right. Uh, I think that's all of our upcoming events for the week. 
unless there's something that I've forgotten. If not then, let's go to the Lord in prayer. After we pray, would you please rise and welcome one another. Father God, we come to you in Jesus' name. Know how we thank you for this day. Let's be a blessing. Touch us with your Holy Spirit. Prepare us for what God will go through. And every work that you may be working through your intricacies. May your name be glorified. May your son be lifted up and exalted. And we pray, Lord God, that right now you be with those who are with us, those who are home sick, who are not feeling well, that today be a day, Lord, of feeling for them. Bring them safely back to church, Lord. And go with us now to our time of worship, Lord. If there be anybody who needs to come to know you as personal Lord and Savior, would you let today be that day? So in Jesus' great mighty name we pray. Amen. God bless you all. Please rise and welcome one another.
have a, another announcement I need to share with you. If you would, please make your way back to your seats. I have another announcement I'd like to share with you. All right. Robertson Avenue Baptist Church Youth Group will be meeting at Pastor's House Saturday night, 6 o'clock, for the continuation of the movie night. They didn't get to finish uh, about two weeks ago on the book of Revelation. So uh, that'll be at 6 o'clock at my house. So you're welcome to be a part of that. But if you do, you got to help me bring something to eat. Amen? All right. Uh, so that'll be 6 o'clock at Youth Group. The second thing I want to bring to your attention is we have somebody very special in our sanctuary. Somebody who has done a lot of work here. And I know she would not appreciate me saying much about this, but I feel compelled to do this. This lady has served faithfully for many, many, many years. She's given unquestionably. She's loved when people were unlovable, and she's been there when there was no one else to do it. In fact, she's right here in sanctuary with us. She has served Robertson Avenue Baptist Church for 17 years. Sister Rosalia, would you stand up? Let us give you a round of applause. 17 years she's been our children's church director. God bless you. Thank you for all you do. We are so grateful and so blessed to have you. Amen. Thank you, Jesus, for Sister Rosalia. All right. With that being said, I have a short Operation Sister Child video I'd like for you to see. My name is Moises Grossinger, and I'm from El Salvador. I actually don't know much about my own country uh, because I was in an orphanage in the middle of nowhere, and that's where I grew up. Every Sunday after church service, it was family day for, for those who have parents. Every year, I waited, and, and not having them visit me, so I always ask myself if I wasn't good enough for my parents, would I ever be good enough for anyone else? So that day when we were told that there were going to be people coming to our homes to bring us gifts, and they kept repeating the phrase, Jesus loves you, uh, I started to walk away when a man motions me back and um, he tells me, where are you going? You don't have a shoebox yet. And I quickly replied, but I don't have any parents. And um, that's when he looked directly into my eyes and with a smile on his face, he just hands me the shoebox and he tells me, Jesus loves me. As I received it, I kept looking at it and I started to walk away. And I looked back to see if the man was going to come back and take the shoebox back. But he did it. And he knew what I was thinking, so he just smiled and waited for everybody to have a moment to open the shoebox. That day was just full of joy. So my wow item was a, a soccer ball, and I couldn't believe it that it was mine. Um, but I just remember opening it and receiving that soccer ball. And I just remember just playing in the orphanage. We had a big field to play on, and I just remember running with the soccer ball hole all over the orphanage. So it was that moment when I realized that I was loved and I was seen. With my shoebox, I also received the greatest gift booklet. And I, that's when my prayer journey began and I started to pray for a family. When I was 10 years old, I was called into the office of the orphanage and I was told that there was going to be a family in the United States who wanted to adopt me. And I was introduced to my adopted family. And I just remember running to them and calling them familia. Now I live my life saying yes to the Lord because I have no reason to say no. He did not just give me a family, but he gave me a new life.
How do you follow that? <laughs> to God be the glory. The things He has done. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So good to see each and every one of you this morning. We are so blessed here at Los Angeles Baptist Church to have so many dedicated people, so many talented people. Thank you, Jesus. You uh, have your Bibles with you, turn to please the book of Colossians. Some people might say, Pastor, I don't know what Colossians is. Well, you need to learn the Baptist acronym. Go eat popcorn. So if you know where Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are, you'll pass John and go straight to the book of Acts. And everybody knows where Acts is, right? And once you get to Acts, you'll go to Romans. And once you get to Romans, you'll go to those first two famous books, first and second Corinthians, and then you got those other epistles that we always lose in place. So you learn go eat popcorn. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Go eat popcorn. Or you can do what I do. 
And you can just open your book somewhere in the middle of the New Testament and you probably find it. Or you can turn to page 1668. Maybe that'll help you in your Bible. Probably not, sir. We're going to be in Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2. So good to see each and every one of you this morning. Uh, it's been a wonderful, wonderful time this week. Um, you say, Pastor, why is that? Well, Texas wants to go out of bounds. Amen. Amen over there. Not a, amen. Not a huge, big uh, UT fan, but uh, I like to see him uh, win over Alabama. Sometimes we get a little tired of those same guys winning all the time. The title of this morning's message is Rudiment. Now, I want to go ahead and share something with you. Uh, Rudiment comes from my older version of the Bible called the King James Version. Uh, if you have a new King James, you're going to find something like basic principles or something that makes it that more modern translation means the same thing. Rudiments is an old word for that. And with that in mind, let's go to the Lord and pray. Father God, we come to you now in Jesus' name and know how to thank you for your word. Your word is deep, it's quick, and something that you feel to powerful word. And I pray, Lord, this morning that something's going to help and to lie across souls, Lord, to reveal to us what we need to repent of, what we need to turn back to you, Lord, what we need to surrender. I pray, Father God, if there be anyone who needs to come to know your personal Lord Savior, anyone who needs to be a part of what we've done in church, that you would let this morning be the most. Bless you, thank you, praise you, and Lord God, we all want you to know that we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Colossians chapter 2, starting to see in verse 6, the Bible says, And you have therefore received Christ, Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted built up in him and established in the faith as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. Beware, lest anyone teach you through philosophy and empty deceit, according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to the cross. And the Apostle Paul sent the letter to the Colossians from a prison in Rome. Right. One of the prison epistles. There are four of those prison epistles. This is one of them. And Paul will sojourn in that prison for about two years. I don't know about you, but imagine being an inmate for two years and writing a letter like Colossians to somebody. Or writing a letter like Philippians. <laughs> Rejoice in the Lord always when you're in prison. Colossians is one of those prison epistles. Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, and Philemon, or Philemon, is the other one. All four of those epistles contain advice on how to maintain your relationship with Jesus Christ when your world turns upside down. And believe me, your world will get turned upside down. As a Christian, our world gets attacked by the devil, our world gets attacked by flesh, by the world, and of course, sometimes the world gets turned upside down by events that we can't control. Sometimes we let those events control us and it turns our world upside down. Well, these four pistols contain advice on how to maintain your relationship with Christ when your world gets turned upside down. And I'm talking to you this morning. 
you're online and you're one of those that pastors, I need advice on my life. It seems like every time I try to do something good, every time I try to get something right, well, there's something bad. You know, that is the way things happen in Christianity. Usually, when we've been walking in sin for a while, or usually when we've been out of God's will for a while, and it does happen, then we start getting back with God, guess what happens? It seems like the world turns upside down. Some of you are nodding because you know what I'm talking about. I would imagine if you're online, you might be nodding as well. Apostle Paul's world turned upside down when he was born in prison. Now, he didn't go to prison for stealing. He didn't go to prison for perjury. He didn't go to prison for loitering. He didn't go to prison for anything illegal. He went to prison for preaching the gospel. He, now I need to make a distinction on that because it is the year 2023, and nowadays we think the inmates make the best preachers. I want to remind you of something. Jesus Christ can change anybody's heart. Jesus Christ can save anybody. Jesus Christ can rearrange, remake, renew anybody. And I want to tell you something from personal point of view. When you're inside the prison and working as a chaplain or something like that, you should never, ever, ever be surprised that an inmate might actually like you. People think that all the time. Well, he's, he's coming to church. He's also a convicted murderer. What do you mean? He's not using the money I gave him for what he said he was going to. He's a convicted perjurer. What do you think he's doing? You want to turn their world upside down, right? But all four of those scriptures contain that advice for all of us. What happens when our world turns upside down and your world will? the message the other day from someone who worked with me on construction. And he said, Pastor, he called me Pastor now. He said, Pastor Joshua, I can see that you're no longer exercising. Believe it or not, I used to be in shape. I said, no, sir. I'm not exercising anymore. I'm now in the fitness protection program. He quit talking to me. <laughs> oh, goodness. I like to have a little fun. You know? <laughs> Oh my goodness! Uh, coming up next week, y'all. Uh, I want to show y'all something, something very special for me and my family. It's called Worship Out. That is a new start for my people and for my family. And I want to give you change to me as well. And that change is all for I'm a little confused. Pray for me. Pray for us. Seriously. Those four epistles, though, that we're looking at in the scriptures, can advise you how to maintain your relationship with Christ when your world is turned upside down. Now, what Jesus tells us is by grace that you have been saved. You know it, Jesus said it, not. What is by grace you have been saved? Through faith. In fact, we preach it, we teach it. It tells us to keep on keeping on. Just endure. It says go on, move on. We know what Ephesians is all about. Could you imagine it's called a chain? Keep on keeping on. I don't know about you, but that would be a hard thing to tell somebody else to do as you're chained to the wall. Look at me. I want you to be like I am. In fact, sometimes we get caught up in the letters he wrote and forget about the people who do the talk. 
We always think it's just Timothy or Luke or somebody like that who did the call. Other people did the call too. And I wonder if they showed up there and said, you must be doing something wrong, Paul. Because you're in prison. You were doing it right. God would not let this happen to you. Are you that kind of person? Paul says, grace to give and save. This is the book of Ephesus. So keep on, keep it on. He tells us things in the book of Ephesus like how to be a mother, how to be a father. He tells us things on how to be a husband. He gives us advice like don't let the sun go down on your anger lest you give the devil a foothold. Let me tell you, if anybody knew how to do that, it was the Apostle Paul sitting there in that prison. Right after night, looking out the window, sun, you know, amen. He writes the book of Philippians. So he writes to this little teeny tiny church and he says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say, Rejoice. He writes to them and says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. He writes to them and says, There is no other name above the name of Jesus Christ. So at his name, all the world will kneel before him. So the church of Philippi is Jesus is Lord over all. No matter how bad he reminds the church of Philippi that one day we're going to be with him. Oh, just in case you missed the message of the church of Philippi, keep on rejoicing no matter how bad it gets. Avenue, if we can learn anything from the church of Philippi, is keep on rejoicing. Don't you let anybody steal your joy. Can I get an amen? Don't you let somebody take it from you. Don't you let the world take it. Don't you let the devil take it. Don't you let somebody who's mad at you take it. You keep on rejoicing in the Lord, no matter how your world is turned upside down. Of course, Philemon, one of my favorites, Send it back to you, not a slave, not a worker, but a brother. Paul tells us in the figure of keep on keeping on. He tells us, rejoice. He tells us, Is downhearted and defeated over whether or not Alabama or Texas won. Some of us will be downhearted if the Cowboys lose. Don't say amen. Some of us will get downhearted if our favorite teams don't win. And we get defeated. And we get defeated. Our joy. Awesome. 
and not different from the others, but just a little bit in a different point of view. Study and fire perfect doctrine. And he gives us advice to work with, gives us advice to teach us something in Colossians chapter 2 that struck me. And so it struck me, brother. Beware. Beware. In other words, be on the lookout for these things. And later on, if you don't need to beware, look out for something. Look out for it. Beware. As a kid, when you hear the word beware, you don't think of look around for something flying to hit you. You look around for something that's going to hit you. In fact, you usually heard the word beware when when there's something scary happening. Beware. Beware. The Apostle Paul gives. The church in Colossae, these instructions. Be where? Think of that. They're out there. They're in your life, they're in your church, they're in the teachings, they're in the television you watch, and the radio you listen to, they're in the books we read. Be where? Let's look at our text this morning. Colossae 2, verse 68, God tells us, If you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, please walk in Him. Rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith that you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. Now, that is a lifetime of advice, that's a lifetime of preaching, and I wish I was talented enough to be able to expository give it all to you. Let me be honest with you. I'm an evangelist. I am an evangelist. My desire is to win you to Jesus Christ. My desire is to bring you back to Jesus. My heart's prayer is that you will come away from the things of the world and grab a hold of Jesus Christ, growing in grace and abounding in faith, and then taking that faith and putting it into action by going out and making more Christian, a true believer, are you ready for this this morning? A true believer is rooted in Jesus Christ. Do you know what that means? I know you know what that means. That means that no matter what this world throws at us, no matter what the world flings at us, no matter what they may say, we will not be moved. Amen? We're rooted in His Word. We're rooted in our faith. We're rooted in the church and in His will.
abounding in it with thanksgiving. We thank God for good sleep. Thank you, God. I got Thank you, God. I got a copy of the Bible. Thank you, God. I got a car to ride in. I got a family around me. I got people who love me. Thank you, God. I found you. That's not the verse. You know, those are powerful enough. And then there was a lifetime. According to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of living in the world, not for Now we understand the context of Paul. Paul was in prison. We understand that. We understand that Gnosticism was moving in that part of the world, and they had his sections of the cross. What is Gnosticism? Well, not this is a good word for I know. In fact, if you want to say the word I know in Greek, say, you know, so I know. They went around telling people we've got this knowledge that no one else can have. And until you join us, we won't give it to you. And the knowledge leads you to a relationship with Jesus Christ. Sounds like some cults we have today in America. Sounds like those witnesses. Sounds like Mormons. Sounds like pastors. Don't get mad at me. We've got this secret knowledge. We've got this secret thing you can't have unless you're a part of us. Where? out and say, let's work with every quote-unquote Christian that's out there. I want you to know something. The Bible tells us to beware of that. If they don't name the name of Jesus Christ as the one and only Savior, as the only way to heaven, as the one that's the only truth, the Bible, as the inspired Word of God, we don't need to work with them at all. Not at all. We understand the concept of Christ quite well. Prophets are moving there. Judaizers were moving there. Said, you got to be Jewish. You got to start acting and looking and talking like a Jew. No, you don't. Thank God. Somebody say amen. Thank God because I don't know about you, but I like bacon. Thank God that it's not dependent on whether I eat bacon or not, whether I go to heaven. What makes me dependent on going to heaven is the blood of Jesus Christ and nothing else. moving in there. People had started in the church, stepped out of the church, and they said, well, I got the understanding of the church, and they had just enough knowledge to be saved. They were all trying to make an impression at the philosophy of Jewish people. Vulnerable. Lost. Had a slave run away. Vulnerable. Philosophy is the study of quote unquote 
philosophy of Christianity is not a way of truth. Christianity is not a set of acts that you do to be living in the truth. My Bible tells me Jesus Christ is the truth. That's the difference between Christianity and philosophy. We're not a philosophical religion. We are a relationship that gets you hand in hand with the truth. There is no other way and there is no other truth needed. that can lead you away from Jesus, those philosophies that can ruin your relationship with Jesus, those philosophies that say, don't even bother going to church with philosophies. You don't need to go there. You can do it on your own. And those philosophies pull you out of God's house, pull you out of God's Word, pull you out of God's people, and get you where you don't want to be. That's the same philosophy that I call it. That kind of philosophy. The philosophy that says, are you ready for me now? This philosophy that says, hey, we've got this secret knowledge, we've got this secret understanding that you can't be a part of unless you're in our church. Now, I'm going to go ahead and put it out there. Now, and I need you to listen. If you're online and you're listening, you need to listen in with all your heart. You need to listen in and be a part of this. The philosophy the Apostle Paul talked about is the philosophy that says that we have the one and only way to God. I need you to know the only way to God is Jesus Christ. Nobody owns Jesus Christ. Nobody controls Jesus Christ. He is the King of kings. He is the Lord of lords. He cannot be contained in a box, in a building, in an ark. He can't be contained in a wafer or a cracker. No, 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 no. He is God Almighty, God incarnate, the Son of God, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And that's the philosophy that is taught in a Baptist church. Jesus is all you need. And when you are confronted by Mormons, by Jehovah's Witnesses, or anybody else who says, we've got the truth, you need to remind them, Paul already told you, beware of those people. They're moving about. They're out, and we think we can be inspired by them. They're out knocking on doors. They're out leaving tracks and leaflets. They're out sending uh, letters out. We got a letter the other day. Personal invite to my wife. And I'm like, how do they get your name? Becky's like, I don't know. They must be praying for people again. We want to invite you to the Jehovah's Witness rally. And I was like, you can go. Put me in the seat because when last time Jehovah's Witnesses came to my door, they said, we'll never come back. I'm telling you, they left a little angry at me. Philosophy, that's philosophy. Trying to lead us from Jesus. Trying to say, we've got a special way. We've got some, something special for you. Those philosophies lead the people like David Perez. Lead the people like Jim Jones. Lead the people like false messiahs and false prophets. They lead to a Gnostic society that says we've got the answer and nobody else does. I want you to know Jesus is the answer. All the other people talk to beware. Beware. He also tells us about introducing this kind of deceit gets people to believe in false prophets and false occurrences. That's the kind of belief that puts it into a false messiah or a false prophet. And by the way, we can most assuredly spend all morning talking about them as well. They're on TV. They're in YouTube. They're everywhere. False prophets, false teachers. 
wolves in sheep's clothing, and they all got some sort of vain philosophy, some sort of intimacy. And the intimacy we're talking about is the lie they tell you that says you need me to get you to God. You don't need anybody to get you to God but Jesus Christ. Paul added, according to the traditions of men. Now, there's no mistake in what Paul is talking about. Not one He's talking about the people who said, you've got to be Jewish. Don't take them. There's nothing wrong with learning about Jewish things. There's nothing learning about the picture of Jesus Christ. The thing is, you can make you a better Christian if you understand it. Surely will make you a more understanding Christian. So I'm going to lay this out for you, and you're going to be going to be mad at me. I guarantee it. Number one, are you ready? Jesus Christ came and established a new testament, a new covenant, meaning the old covenant has passed away. We don't stand under the old covenant. We stand under the new covenant. And under that new covenant, Jesus Christ is enough. There's no other sacrifice necessary. That's why we don't have to keep Sabbath or eat kosher or wash our hands. No, all we need is Jesus. He's everything to us. He's all we'll ever need. He is the new testament. You understand when we do the Lord's Supper here? Why I always say that this is a new covenant poured out in my blood. His blood is better than the blood of bulls, the blood of goats, the blood of sheep or rams or pigeons or turtle doves. His blood is holy. Why is it better? Because it's precious, it's sinless, and it is the blood of God Himself. Jesus Christ. Beware, says Paul. Come on, show up and tell you. Traditions are men. Well, you got to get back into tradition to understand God. You don't need a tradition to get to God. You need Jesus Christ. He's all you ever need. He's all you ever will need. And on the day of judgment, He's going to be what you need then. Nothing else. Nothing else will suffice. Could you imagine when you stand in front of God and you say, Look, God, and how holy I tried to become. Look, God, and how I cleaned my own unrighteousness. Look, God, and how I tried to make myself better. No. What you need to say is, God... I've got a relationship with Jesus Christ, and His blood makes me whole. Oh, yeah. Are you going to the new covenant? Well, you see, because it's the better covenant, and because it's better, the old one is passing away. When you become a Christian, all these other things you need to learn about, you need to be a part of, you need to understand, bringing you to a deeper understanding of Jesus. And it's fulfilled just where you want also begin to understand that he is by far superior. He is more superior, listen to me now, than the Passover goat. The Passover sheep. You say, Pastor, how do you mean that? Let me tell you, he's by far superior. Why is he superior? Are you ready for this? Because we don't have to sacrifice Jesus over and over and over again. His blood is sufficient for one time. And in that one time, it's a lifetime. And in that lifetime, it means you get a brand new life that never ends because of the blood of Jesus Christ. Why? Because he is the guilt offering. His blood is superior to the peace offering. Why? Because he's the peace offering. There's nothing greater that you can offer up to God than Jesus. That's the name he sang. There's something about that name. Jesus. 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 There's something about his name. I'm telling you, Christian, one of these days, I'll tell you, 
closing date. Every knee is going to bow. Every tongue is going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. There's going to be a long line of senators, congressmen, presidents, kings, anybody and everybody on this earth is going to be lined up one by one ready to declare that Jesus Christ is the King of kings and the Lord of lords to the glory of God the Father. Why? Because He is superior to anything this world has ever had and ever can have. Because He is You don't need a traditional religion. You need a relationship that takes you to heaven. Finally, though, let's approach our actual purpose this morning. The rudiments of the world. The title of our time. The rudiments. Now, all you see here is Bible says basic principles. There's nothing wrong with that. Good translation. What are the rudiments? What are they? The rudiments mean get back to the basics. Back to the beginning. The Paul told us, beware of that. Somebody's going to come to you and give you a vain philosophy, going to give you some sort of tradition, going to give you some sort of hidden secret. Beware of that. Beware of those guys who show up and say, let's get back to the basics. Let's get back to the basics. The rudiments of the world. What's he talking about? You know what? There's a movement right now. Right now, inside of God's time, inside of God's people, telling people, Blood didn't happen, that God didn't create this world in six days, that God didn't really judge the world, that the rainbow has nothing to do with God's judgment or God's promise, has everything to do with, well, that is ridiculous, and we need to avoid those people. In fact, Paul already told us, beware of That's the majority of it. You say, what's that for that person who shows up and says, well, we really evolved from apes. the last time I debated with somebody who believed in evolution, I said, do you believe in the Bible? He said, absolutely. That's a good theory of God's evolution. Absolutely. I said, you must. Your God must look like an ape. You got a little bit of alien on there. What are the rudiments, though? Back to the beginning. Back to the basics. You want the rudiments of what you're doing? You're back to the beginning. I want to re-teach something you didn't plan. Definitely a warning about those who try to persuade Christians to accept evolution and persuade the flood. Do something more. Something more. And I wonder what it would have been like. I'm going to think a little bit deeper. Think about the truth of the vision of the apostle Paul and Luke, the beloved physician. Pastor Mark. I don't know. I don't believe Paul missed them all. And I wonder if somebody that Paul didn't know showed up. No people were leaders in other churches. Leaders in other Christian lands, perhaps they were not the people themselves. They walked in with this idea of being discouraged. And they walked in and they might have said something like, Give it up, buddy. See, if God was with you, you would not be in prison. If God was blessing you, you wouldn't be where you are. I want you to know the spiritual truth. When you're doing God's will, the world will do everything in the world to stop you. Amen. 
Sometimes you can take it as encouragement when things are going wrong and you must be doing something right. Give it up. They might have said. They might have told Paul, you're doing it wrong because the world's not accepting your message. Praise God. Paul didn't listen to that kind of foolish talk. Perhaps they said, it's a good thing that I'm here, Paul, to put you right. Don't offend them, Paul. Don't offend them when you're in the prison. They don't agree with happens when the church starts losing people. They say, let's get back to what was successful. You want to know what's successful? Jesus and Him crucified and nothing else. They want to go back to when it was good. Does that sound like you online and you want to get back to where it was good? Sometimes people are going to run from somebody quickly now who wanted to go back. When things were good, where everything was peachy keen, when things were just rosy and crimson and clover, that kind of, let's get back to the rudiments. I want to get back to where things were working out and I was happy and I wasn't bothered and the world wasn't coming after me and the devil wasn't out to get me and my flesh weren't against me. Turn to please to John chapter 21. Let's look at somebody who said, I want to go back to what I used to do because what I'm doing now. John chapter 2, let's look at verses 2 and 3. Simon Peter, Thomas called the twin, Nathaniel of Canaan, Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two others of the disciples were together. And Simon Peter said to them, I am going fishing. And they said to him, we're going to Peter. And you know the story of Simon Peter. You know what happened there. You know how he denied Jesus three times. You know how he had seen Jesus resurrected, and you know his heart is hurt. I'm going to go back doing what I understand, what I know to do. I'm going to go back out on the boat and go fishing. I want to go back to where things were simple. I want to go back to where things were good. I want to go back fishing to where I know what's coming next, to where there is no problems I can't handle. Does that sound like you this morning? Does that sound like your walk with Jesus Christ this morning? Well, there's a lot we can learn from the Apostle Peter this morning. Incidentally, Peter is one of my favorite ones. I think he is the picture of me. I think I learned a lot from him, and I think that there's still a lot that I need to learn from him. But Peter said what I would have said. I think I'm going to do what I know how to do. I'm going to go fishing. And the rest of y'all can go somewhere else. And they said, we're going to go fishing with you. Look at me in verse 3. We are going with you also, they said. They went out and immediately got into the boat, and that night they caught nothing. I love that. Why did they catch anything? How many of you know something? How many of you know the spiritual truth is in this? When a Christian tries to go back to the world, when they try to go back to the world, they're going to find out that once you've had a taste of Jesus Christ, nothing else satisfies. Amen? There is no other word of life. There is no other word of truth. There's no other water of life. There's nowhere else you can go but Jesus. I'm going back to fishing. And they got there, and they 
not nothing. This is a professional fisherman fish all his life. His brother Andrew was there. I'm going fishing. Those guys knew how to fish, when to fish, why they were fishing, what to fish with. They knew what color bait to use. back to this relationship. I'm going to go back to where things were good. Why didn't have any worry? Not a particular problem in the world. I'm going to go back to it. And you know what? You're going to catch When they eat breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, you know the story. Simon said, I think it's three times. Maybe that's a picture of what we often call Beware of the rudiments of the world. Beware of going back there. Don't find me this morning. I want to go back to what I used to be, just a simple fisherman. I want to go back to being somebody who can't be bothered with the church or with deacons or with teachers or with preachers or with pastors. I don't want to be bothered by them again. I just want to go back doing what I wanted to do. This is Peter saying, I want to go back to my old life. I want to go back to where there was no problem. I want to go back to where everything was just about me and only about me. And I was in control of everything. And here comes Jesus. Thank God. Here comes Jesus to say, Simon, I got a job for you. And let me tell you something. If I'm knocking on your door this morning, if I've been reading your mail, then you need to come back to Jesus. You need to get your heart right with Jesus. Because here comes Jesus speaking to Peter, who said, I'm going back to the rudiments. I'm going back to the basics. I'm going back to where I think I had everything figured out. I'm going back to where I understood how life works. I'm going back fishing. But praise God, here comes Jesus. And I want you to know something. Jesus is waiting for you this morning. Jesus is calling you this morning. If you're online, He's still speaking to you. He's not giving up on you. He wants you to come back. Listen to the story here. Look at me in verse 15. So when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, Son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? He's going to tell him what we all say. Yes, Lord. Thou knowest that I love thee. Feed my lamb. There's nothing about going fishing there. Somebody say amen. Feed my lamb. Are you hearing me this morning? Have you went back to where you used to be? Well, you need to listen to what Jesus has told Peter. Get yourself out of the water and get yourself back to where the lambs of God are and start feeding them and teaching them, preaching to them, reaching them, and helping them grow in a successful life. In other words, get up off of your Easter and get back to work in God's house. Amen? Quit going back to the rudiments. Quit going back to where you're comfortable. Quit going back to where everything was pinky-key and hunky-dory. Instead, get yourself back to work in God's family, in God's house. Simon, do you love me? Be my lamb. Do you hear Jesus talking to you this morning? Be my lamb. Many people will come to me and say, Pastor, why the difference is when I was a sheep? Lambs are human. Lambs are small, they're defensive. You ever been around a lamb and you ever got scared of their wrath? Their mean claws? Or the evil twinkle in their eyes? No. Don't go back to your old way of life. You need God and you need God. And you got a new God. And you got a 
found a new purpose. And that's right. God is talking to you this morning. You walked away from him. You can come back. He's got a life for you. He's got a job for you to do. He's got places for you to be, people for you to see, things for you to do. Feed my lamb.
say, Brother John, I am a Christian, and I am right with God. I need to be a member here at Sandy Baptist Church. I need to be a member of say, Brother John, I'm a member here, I'm a Christian, and I'm not living right with you. You can come here, you can talk to me, you can talk to God, whatever the case may be. I'm going to give you the opportunity to do that. You're willing to give your heart to Jesus. Let's pray together, Father. I want to thank you for your word. I want to thank the Lord for Lord God, even now, we ask you your word to have a prayer in our hearts and minds. Every one of you, Lord, who can only say, the Lord, and you have saved you today from the Lord God. Lord, if every one of you might see this, bring back to Christian, and you have saved you today, that hear your voice, Lord, on the floor, and come back home. I pray, Father God, that you take time, and I pray, Lord God, that you be blessed. I pray, Father God, that you would speak